0: Hi, my name is Massimo Russo, and I'm a BCG Henderson Institute Fellow, studying how B2B companies are realizing value from the Internet of Things. You're listening to Inspiring the Next Game, a podcast series which offers new perspectives on business, technology, economics, and science by the BCG Henderson Institute. In our first season, we focus on the data economy and will speak with industry and academic leaders to explore the potential of cross-enterprise data sharing and the role of platforms and ecosystems in accelerating the data economy. I'm thrilled to be back with our next guest, Professor Michael who who is a distinguished professor and deputy dean at the MIT Sloan School of Management and a former editor-in-chief and chairman of Sloan Management Review. He has advised over 100 companies and published 14 books over the last four decades with a significant focus on platform competition and platform companies. Today, he will talk with us about the nature of competition and how it's changing through data sharing and innovation platforms. Professor Cusumano, our pleasure to hear from you. In your latest book, The Business of Platforms, you introduced that platforms come in three flavors, transaction platforms, innovation platforms, and hybrids. Can you briefly describe each of them?
1: Sure. Well, I've been studying platforms for about 30 years, and there's many, many different types depending on the application. So one type we call innovation platforms. These are essentially building blocks that third-party innovators use to build what we call complementary applications, applications for Windows or apps for iPhone or Android. The second type are transaction platforms, and they happened a little bit later after the start of the internet and PCs. And those are really online marketplaces. Amazon marketplace is a perfect idea. They also include social media firms, sharing economy firms like Uber or Airbnb have created to allow third-party companies to add complementary products and services. So Essentially, transaction platforms are these marketplaces, but they will have this other element of innovation. And that's what takes them into the third type of hybrid. So, a hybrid is really either an innovation or a transaction platform that has another side, which they open up to the other type. So, we think of a platform as a common foundation that multiple companies can use or multiple individuals can use either to exchange information conduct transactions, or create innovations. But the distinguishing feature of what we call industry platforms is to generate network effects.
0: The term data flywheel effect has been used to describe the role of data in creating a competitive advantage for both platform companies and complementors or contributors. How does data build a sustainable advantage, and can it lead to an unfair advantage?
1: Well, for any transaction platform. We are including search engines, social media, messaging systems. Data is what feeds them. It is a bit more complicated as to how they get better. Is it sheer volume? Is it the way they're constructing the algorithms and sorting through data? So you do find that with data and data network effects and search algorithms, but only only to a certain point, and then it kind of levels off. So these are semantics that maybe academics argue about. But when you see diminishing returns to scale, then you worry, are you really looking at network effects? And if you don't see a strong pull, either within one side from user to user or across different sides, and you're not really looking at network effects; you are looking at scale or lack of scale.
0: You know, it's interesting with in the B two B world with such a focus on use cases like predictive analytics or improving, you know, end to end process outcomes. You, you focused a bit in the discussion there on transaction platforms, but it seemed that aggregating data and different types of data can also unlock significant value in innovation platforms to the extent that. The complementers can access that data and build new value added services by aggregating data from many different sources. Could you comment a bit on the data flywheel effect and innovation platforms?
1: So, here I think there are more opportunities for new innovation platforms. So, we see some of these in B2B from the IoT, for example. So, if GE or Siemens or Schneider Electric, if they want to encourage outside companies to build applications or new services that leverage some of the capabilities in their, let's say, their IoT operating system, then they're going to have to be sharing data. They're going to have to be showing some examples of how uh, companies can do predictive maintenance or how they can expand the number of products or services that maybe like software analytics packages that they're selling to factories. And the more of those kinds of third-party applications there are, the more valuable that platform becomes. And so this is the whole story of Microsoft and and Intel, for example. So they aggressively recruited third-party applications developers. And, And here's one of the things that Intel did that was unique. It created a set of labs internally that would experiment with different kinds of applications maybe about 30 major innovations in the PC were first developed in Intel, and they developed the code and gave it away. Now, the code wasn't very good, but it created the example. And some of that code actually became embedded in the the Microsoft uh, Windows operating system going back into the 1990s. So a lot of the first applications should come from the innovation platform vendor because they know what the capabilities are in their operating system and they can suggest different frameworks or applications or add-on equipment that can be built and they probably don't have the ability to build it themselves and that's the whole idea of having a platform you mobilize the innovation capabilities of outside firms so we've seen other companies do this salesforce has done it for example around its CRM platform and has encouraged hundreds of companies uh, to build different applications. It also makes it possible to sell those through their own app exchange. So Salesforce is a company that evolved from just a product company to an innovation platform, and then coupled that with a transaction platform. Of course, there's a whole development environment associated with Salesforce. So that's actually a pretty good model for evolving from a product company to a hybrid platform companies.
0: You mentioned network effects, and it seems like one of the key roles that these platforms play is to aggregate data. Can you say more about how these platforms reduce the friction of sharing data across the different participants in the platform?
1: There is some sharing of features, services, or building blocks in the innovation platforms. But I would not say that the primary purpose of platforms is to share data. It's really to collect and exploit data, particularly Mm in the transaction platform side. So Amazon or Google, they collect enormous amounts of data and they create user profiles. Now, Amazon essentially controls that data. It does share data with a lot of the outside vendors, but the data comes into Amazon. Sometimes Amazon decides, oh, this looks like a pretty good market diapers or whatever happens to be, and then they will go into that market
0: themselves. Maybe just to explore some B2B examples, to the extent that the value that participants get by joining a platform and participating in an ecosystem is access to industry data and sharing of data within the ecosystem through the platform. Do you see some differences in the B2B world? How do they incent contributors to participate and add value to the ecosystem?
1: Well, you're right. So for a really well-functioning platform, they should be sharing data and they should be helping their third-party complementers we call them, to sell more effectively or reach customers more effectively. So there is that sharing of data. So I back off my idea a little bit. Now, there are some platforms that do not go into the markets of their customers, like eBay, for example. It doesn't contract and make and resell anything. The problem with Amazon is that it's, it's not only a platform, it's also a store and a reseller. So that became a conflict of interest with Amazon. But a company like eBay or even Alibaba in China doesn't have that conflict because they stay out of the reselling business themselves. They just act as an intermediary, a platform. So in those cases, yes, the platforms are, are definitely in business with their partners and sharing lots of data. We think that's a healthier platform.
0: Michael, what do you see as some of the emerging questions on the role of data in business competition for both platform providers and complementors or contributors?
1: So we've always seen in the case of B2B platforms that third-party complementors would like more data than the platform companies are usually willing to share with them. So we get back to to the problem that platforms may not be in the sole business of just sharing or or aggregating and sharing information. Many years ago, I, I wrote about this in the case of EMC with a platform it had for linking together different types of equipment and software for data storage. Competitors didn't want to join the EMC platform or connect to it. They basically forced EMC and other competitors to join an open industry standards association And largely it was because they didn't want to share their data. So we see that today, uh, General Electric, when it rolled out its IoT platform, had the same problem. The problem there, again, is similar to Amazon in that they're in the same business as their platform users are. GE also makes aircraft engines, and and so does Rolls-Royce. I wrote a book about this with Annabelle Gower called Platform Leadership. Intel had the same Problem. And it had to position itself as a neutral platform player and build a wall between its own groups in-house that were building products like uh, chipsets or motherboards that were competing with their complementors in. And so that's where the platforms like eBay or Alibaba that have just said, okay, we're going to do the platform operations, but we're not going to go into the businesses of our B2B customers that are using our platform. They are in a better position to be trusted and to share data and to make data sharing and aggregation and an analysis a critical part of their business, as well as their, the benefits that a customer, a B2B customer gets from putting their products or services on the platform. It's a tricky business.
0: Do you see certain governance or business models that are more likely to engender that trust? Does it need to be a third party startup or tech company that provides the platform and builds that data aggregation, or is it joint venture structures that you've seen? I mean, you mentioned Intel splitting out the business to have that independence. Are there certain archetypes that you see that are more likely to be successful?
1: Well, those companies didn't split out the business. Essentially, they created, or at least in the case of Intel, a Chinese wall around the microprocessor group and separated it from other business groups. Building a reputation of trust and neutrality is really hard. The best way to do it is just to make it clear what business you will be in and what business you will not be in. When you start competing with your customers, I think it's a slippery slope and customers lose trust in you. So for example, have a company like Shopify that is not a platform in itself, but it builds toolkits for creating an online commerce site but gradually it's moving to hosting those sites and then it's just another step to move towards actually selling products and services on the site that you're hosting if it has a very large traffic volume and essentially that's what Amazon did from its online store the temptation is very the good, there but i will say though that It can also destroy your platform business when you start competing directly with your customers. And so we do think it's important. Platforms need to make it very clear, particularly to their business-to-business users, what they will do and what they will not do. And if they want to have a platform business, it, it is essential that they establish that reputation of neutrality, and that does include data sharing. So you can't have your cake and eat it, too, so to speak. And so a real platform company in the platform business, which is essentially bringing together two or more sides of a market in a way that is not possible without that platform as an intermediary. If that's your business, that should be where you stay.
0: Professor Kuzumano, thank you so much for your time. I know that you have been looking at platform businesses for many years and very much appreciate your perspectives and comments today. Well,
1: thanks for thinking of me, nice
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more about BCG's thinking on the data economy and IoT ecosystems, please visit our website at www.bcg.com and search for Unleashing the Data Economy.